We got the full squad here, and we are going to be talking about WNBA playoff scenarios as we inch closer to the end of the regular season. New York looking pretty good. Washington, Chicago, they've got some work to do. All that coming up on this episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. Hey, women's basketball fans, welcome to Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans brought to you by Black Rosie Media and hosted by Erica L. Ayala. Hey there, basketball fans. Welcome to another episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. I am Erica L. Ayala here once again with the amazing Brian Florentin and Misha Jones. How we doing, fam? Ooh, we're doing. We here. We here, and that's all that matters. Basketball is still a beautiful game, no matter who wins, who loses. Yeah, we're we're here. Brian, you doing all right? Giving us it's it's serving yeah, where's it's the nice weekend. That was the multi I was going for. I like it. <laughs> yes, picked it up. See, Brian always gives us a little something to kick off. Last last episode, it was the pizza box. Now we got the where's Waldo. We over here gotta get up after dark. <laughs> Are we ready? <laughs> You're ready for it. And I see you two, Misha, holding it down now. See, I didn't pull up no baby pictures this time. But uh... <laughs> here you go. Here you go. You changed your Slack profile picture one time. Right? Oh, my goodness. But you, you, you representing the goat in, uh, in, you know, on the court. Not the basketball court, but the tennis court, Serena Williams. Um, and, you know, Coco making a little history today. Um, being the first U.S. tennis player, as I understand, to make the quarterfinals multiple times since Serena Williams. So, like Issa Rae says, I'm rooting for everybody black. Do your thing. Do your thing. We got plenty to talk about in the WNBA. So, Brian, you know how we do. We always like to start with what's happening with the New York Liberty. And Brian, kind of the – I don't – it see, like, it – I feel like it could be a big story, but I feel like it's not really a big story. And that is that Sabrina Ionescu has been uh, sidelined two games in a row with a calf injury. But she's had issues with this calf throughout her career. What's the good word from BK? Um, what do we know about the injury and what precautions Liberty are taking? From what Sandy Brandello was talking to us about today, it just seems almost more like I guess load management to borrow a term. That if 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 this were, I would say a high stakes game, Sabrina would probably have been on the court and been okay. But Sandy specifically cited that they have the two seed locked up already, so they can afford to just sort of dial her back a little bit. She said she mentioned in pregame on Sunday afternoon that Sab is pretty much feeling good. And just just they, they just want to give her an extra day to, to heal up a little bit more. So Tuesday night in Dallas, she should be back on the court. I guess the next big question is what is what's the minutes rotation going to look like? Which for the Liberty is a good thing because as we'll get to a little bit later, their bench has, was really terrific this week. So mm-hmm. when Sabrina is coming back, will you need to play your starters big minutes because you have a lot of things dialed in and locked up already? We'll see. But on Sabrina specifically, it looks like she's just good, but just want to take like a little extra precaution. It's almost like when you're, it's like if you have if you have more PT 
your days to spare. Why not use it before you come back to work? So it seems like the same logic. That's real. I mean, yeah, I'm here for it. And Misha, you and I were kind of talking before we got started with the recording, but wondering if we're going to see some of that resting um, happen for Brianna Stewart as well. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? She hasn't had any injury, any flare-ups that we know of. Jonquil Jones is another player who we know had a little bit of a delayed start to the season, but I think is really in stride. Do you think there's any value added to resting up some of these players as we march on for the New York Liberty in their last three games. Yes, and I think it's twofold. I think obviously when it comes to Stewie specifically, uh, like you just said, we just talked about it before we hopped on here, and it wouldn't surprise me. I, I don't know Brianna Stewart personally, but it wouldn't surprise me if she was the kind of player who coaches have to physically keep from you know, doing extra work, from getting on the court. And so, um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind uh, seeing Stewie rest a little bit because as we've seen other teams ravaged by injury, you know, not foreshadowing anything we're going to talk about here tonight. Um, <laughs> but as we've seen, you know, kind of the injury bug hit other players, you have to uh, revel in the luxury that New York kind of has to, to have that, that option um, for Stewie. And so I don't think it hurts. You know what I mean? I don't think it hurts. I think uh, today's performance against Chicago also shows you, you know, you're starting to get your bench really to a point where, you're not losing anything when you sub um, and it wouldn't hurt either there to be able to get bench players, more minutes, more experience in different situations, ATOs, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm here for it. I'm here for resting Stewie. Um, but I also understand if, like you said, Erica, she doesn't want to sit and, you know, maybe, maybe then there's a minutes restriction. Maybe then there's, you know, you don't play the entire game or the minutes that yeah. you, know, you typically play. Um, but right. when you've got the luxury, I say, use it. You want to be strong. You want to be full force heading into the playoffs because the New York Liberty are making a championship push. That's what it's, you know, that's what it's looking like. That's what it's shaping up to be. And you need everybody healthy to do, to do that. It's not something that, again, I like how both of y'all have said it effectively that this is a luxury that New York has. And New York is a team that they are riding, you know, the the longest winning streak, at least at this point in the season right now, and have really been able to string together some wins. They got a win earlier in the week against the Sun, who's the three, you know, at least right now is, is sitting in third. And they got an 89-58 win over the Connecticut Sun. Now, the last time these two teams played, New York had to gut out a win. They did have Sabrina Ionescu, and it was their perimeter shooting, I think, that really made a massive difference um, for them down the stretch. Overall, it was what it's always been, John Quell Jones especially, being able to collect on the boards. But Brian, Connecticut had a little bit of a blip. You know, I'm looking at my lead tracker here. And then it was all New York in a massive way. But Nigel Laney, I mean, it just was apropos that she went off um, in this game. And it's the same week that the uh, Liberty All Access, making her case for Defensive Player of the Year, dropped. What did you see from the Liberty in that win against Connecticut and especially from Benajah Laney? Yeah, um, for me, I thought this week was amazing. I think that especially with, 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 with the Vegas game on Monday and Connecticut on Friday, we really got to see a full pass of the game of hers. Like on Monday, we got, we got the great scoring we got the great defense against Chelsea Gray again and being able to sort of like shut down one of the best point guards in the league is such a fantastic feat and the video itself was really beautiful like they had videos of that clips of her mom they had clips of 
behind the scenes with the coaching staff. And even when I was at practice, I got to see some of that in action too. So the content team has brought the championship expectations to their game as well. And on Friday, in Friday night, I was thinking about it a lot, especially with DJ and Carrington off of Connecticut. Their guard room is really sort of like, they're not at full strength. And against a player like Laney and against a team like the Liberty, if you're down a player and if they, like the Liberty were able to successfully get back Allen into foul trouble immediately and make her a, a total non-factor. So we always talk a lot about, you know, JJ and Stewie as far as like the overwhelming advantages, but against a team like Connecticut, the guards, even without UNESCO, are such a big power, such a power for the Liberty. And Laney being able to play great defense, the team able to, to really make, Tawana Bonner a non-factor after she burned them for three points the week before, I think speaks to the just a great defense from Laney individually and the continued improvement from New York on that side of the massive way, and they're able to impact games in various ways. You know, just on a, on a quick side note, we talked with Han Shu in post game in in the scrum, and we asked her what's the difference between this team now and and from when she left before. She said they're a lot tougher, they play a lot more physical, and you really see it on the court. You know, Connecticut's a physical team, and the week before there was like a it was a brawl to to win that game in overtime, and New York just made it. Mm-mm. They made it that that, that Connecticut was out of the game by the middle of the first quarter. And I think just that physicality that Laney and the rest of the team has brought really sort of adds on to what they're doing and makes them even more complicated to face come playoff time. I love that you mentioned Hanju. Now, the Connecticut bench did outscore the New York Liberty in this game, but we saw literally everyone that was available to New York get some minutes, including Han. Uh, we saw Niara get into the game. You know, I, I, humble numbers, but respectable minutes uh, comparative to what we've seen in the last few weeks in particular. And we're going to talk a little bit more of that when we talk about the Chicago game. I think turnover is still a little bit of a bugaboo for my liking for the New York Liberty. I think once they get that cleaned up, um, they really are. I mean, I know I wrote a whole article on there are no super teams, but like the New York Liberty and their trajectory has really been, fascinating to watch and there's still room for improvement um and for my liking turnovers is one of those categories turnovers always looking at what they do with second chance points they they won that out against connecticut 10 to 4 in the second chance points categories points in the paint i mean we talked about how big um you know, n- not just ha- how they can stretch, that, that post players can also stretch and-, and hit from the perimeter, but then they actually do the work down low. I mean, I'm thinking to Stephanie Dolson, I think has been better at this. Um, but I remember like the Amanda Zowie B days and I was like, Zowie, baby, I love that you <laughs> love to shoot. And also, I'm going to need them feet in the paint. You know what I'm saying? Like, So I think the New York Liberty are really starting to find an identity there. But let's switch to, um, to this Chicago game. Now, in the meantime, in between time, while the New York Liberty were taking care of the sun, Washington and Vegas played a very, a very spicy game, um, ended up 
it for Liberty fans not going the way we wanted. But Misha, just quickly, let's talk a little bit about that game against Vegas. We know that Washington was starting to get healthy. The you know the 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 injury report was looking really good. Uh, and then, you know, got a little dicey again. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But what did you like from Washington in that Vegas game? What was illuminated as some of the things down the stretch that they're going to have to clean up if they really want to make a postseason run? Well, first of all, I think you, you, you know, you led with the lead. I think that game, having a clear injury report was just – it was euphoric for a lot of people. Uh, the Mystics fan base, I'm sure, was taking a collective sigh of relief. Um, was short lived, but it was it was an accomplishment that hadn't been uh, accomplished since early, early, early in the season. So that was, of course, nice to see. And frankly, I thought the Mystics played a pretty good game. Like this was one of those games where I walked away saying, "I'll take it." I, I don't like a loss. Of course, I don't like a loss. Nobody likes a loss. Um, especially for a team that's really grinding it out in the playoff push, but against the top team in the league to have the performance that they had, it felt like, you know, Asia was Asia, but still, you know, the Mystics played the defense that we, that people are accustomed to seeing the Mystics play. Um, And it felt like, you know, even though they didn't get that W, that was a move, a step in the right direction. In case you didn't tune in, that was an 84 75 win for the Las Vegas aces over the mystics. Now, the reason that we're talking about this on got to get up a podcast for New York Liberty fans is because Brian and I were looking at the numbers. We knew from the last time Vegas and New York played that New York had one more game left in the season and could make a push. Now, we already know New York, if they want that one seed, they need to win out. But they also have to get a little bit of help from Vegas. And looking at the schedule, like, no shade, Misha, but, like, we were hoping that Washington would throw us a bone. And y'all ain't do it. Y'all ain't you do know, it. Nobody's throwing us a bone. I told people put the house. So. And I'm like, wait a minute. He, that's right, Brian, but the house. He was like, no, Washington gonna get us this win. You know, you know, Washington, Washington has tunnel vision right now. Washington is worried about health worried and about, figuring out what they do on our offense. But yeah, so sorry. We couldn't help you out. Yeah, Washington ain't worried about us. It's like, you know, we just got to talk about it because that's that's where we're at. But as you mentioned, Asia Wilson, 26 points in this game, 17 for Elena Deladon, 11 boards also for Wilson. Um, Plum with 10 assists. I like that. I like that because Kelsey Plum has had a rough go against the New York Liberty and they're going to need her. So, um, you know, to see her be able to get a little bit activated and make an impact on the game, that's the stuff that you want to see. All right. Now let's talk about the Sunday matchups because a lot of things could happen for a lot of different teams on Sunday. Um, and the New York Liberty took on Chicago. Now, Brian, New York Liberty kind of, you know, they had to they had to gut this win out. And it reminded me of the second game early in the season that they played against Chicago. Um, now, they did not have to come back from or they did not lose a 19-point lead, I should say. Um, but they did find themselves neck and neck. This game was tied 11 times, also 11 different lead changes. The biggest lead for Chicago on the night was two points. The biggest lead for New York on the night, 21 points. 
And again, that came later in the game. It's an 86-69 win over the Chicago Sky. What did you see from this game uh, that you liked? Um, and and what were some things that, that stood out to you? Maybe not to cause alarm, but that you think the New York Liberty are going to want to shore up by the time they hit the court the next game. Yeah. Well, one thing about this game, it's like um, – have you ever been in a situation where you just look up one one moment and it's like, wait a minute, how did they get like this? Because the game was yes. like back and forth for a while, and then next yep. thing you know, they just broke off a twenty-two-zero run out of nowhere and had the sky in a vice grip for like six minutes. Yep. One of the most impressive things that I thought was that the Axani about it in post game, Copper only got two shots in the fourth quarter, and she was taking it to him the first two quarters. And I, it, it was a total defensive effort on that side of the ball. Sandy cited the extra aggressiveness on defense, just really being able to be in the passing lanes. Van der Sloot had one of probably obviously one of the best statistical games we've ever seen. 20, 12, 5, 6, a whole gang of excellent play on that side of the ball. And I think for the Liberty especially, the Sky gave them a lot of physical play, and they were able to adjust to that. And even early on when they weren't hitting their marks early, you still felt that it was like, okay, they're taking these big blows, and they're still able to dial in when they're able to really get that. Once once they sort of get their bearings 100%, can they, can they go on that big run? And they did. And then they really able to just sort of take the energy out that really locked down the Sky. They made... They made it tough on Mabry in the second half. Courtney Williams didn't really have a big game this time. In the second game, the first comeback game the Sky had in Barclay, she took it to him in the fourth quarter today, non-factor. So just being able to withstand a, a big push for Chicago, which is a big game for them because they needed to get into the playoffs as well. So they got that full effort from Chicago, but still being able to withstand any runs without one of their best lock up completely and make them a non-factor and shut them down late. I think that part was really impressive, and I think it speaks to where this team has continued to go throughout the year, where they go on these runs, and then if they get the big lead, there's no chance of them letting it up. Like what? Like in, I think if this game happened in like June or like early July, the Liberty go up by fifteen, they may let that lead trickle down to like seven or eight. This time they got up, they kept it there, and then they Vandersloot and Stewart saved them a little bit of rest because they have they have to hit the road to Dallas next up. So being able to get your guys a little bit extra rest, even in a tough game, was impressive. And as far as things to clean up, just I would say finishing at the basket. They had they had a couple of chippies that they usually make that they didn't connect and make. JJ had a few at the rim. Stewie had a couple at the rim. MJ had some open threes. She usually hits in her sleep that didn't go in. So just making sure you stay locked in and, and completing the, the process that you usually do. And something that Sandy mentioned during like in the timeouts on on, on ESPN, she said that this is the liberty. So it's just a matter of continuing to sort of do what you do normally and not try to overcompensate in one area or put a little bit too much to sort of like make up for like an absence of, of UNESCO or Stewie being a little bit cold from the field at a particular moment, just being able to do what you do and knowing that if I if I hit all my regular benchmarks, the results are going to come anyway because it's been like that and we've done it against pretty much every team in the league since the beginning of July. So just stay, just staying to staying true to your process, trusting the process, and making That's sure it. that you're following all the proper steps and doing everything you normally do, 
then you know the results are going to come right in. I mean, Brian, you hit on so much right there. I think the only thing that I want to illuminate from what you said, or um, it made me think of as you were speaking, that the New York Liberty looked confident in what could have easily been an uncomfortable situation. Because we, the three of us, have talked about when it was um, we were getting ready for those Vegas games, should Vegas go into a zone against the New York Liberty and like defensive changes there. And I do think that Chicago in that zone did meet some success. Um, but what I liked again is that the New York Liberty, I didn't see panic. I mean, for a team that is playing a team that has not clinched a playoff spot, the New York Liberty, and I don't mean this as a slight to Chicago, but they looked pretty comfortable and pretty confident. And the reason that I think it looked effortless, even though it certainly wasn't, is because, Misha, they had Courtney Vandersloot playing in front of a crowd in an arena that she is extremely comfortable with. So I would love to get your thoughts on throwing a zone at a team like the New York Liberty, the, uh, the upside, the disadvantages, but then also when you get a performance like this from Courtney Vandersloot, how much is that just uh, a, a sigh of relief to any of the players who maybe were uh, getting a little frantic as Chicago is making their runs? I think that, you know, generally speaking, New York is a team that when they're firing on all cylinders, a zone is not a good idea just because they have a, a Stewie who can, you know what I mean? Find seams and seal and find uh, she loves that high post area, especially against the zone. She can hit that midi. Um, everybody on the court, you know, depending on the line, lineup can shoot a three. So a zone is not exactly great for that. You talk about rebounding the ball, you know, one of New York's strengths when they're clicking on all cylinders, harder to rebound out of a zone. Um, so it's a risky move unless you do it in uh, spurts, unless you catch them off guard with it. And that's the case, you know, most times when you're talking about teams in the league that play mostly man to man um, and only play zone and spurts. So to me, you know, it's, it's hard. Uh, you can't play multiple possessions of it in a row. But I think if you can find spaces, you know, maybe after a timeout or late shot clock situations to, to switch into it and disrupt their rhythm a little bit. You can find you can find spaces for, but for the most part, New York is one of those teams that give them one or two possessions of it, they're gonna figure it out. Uh, and in terms of Courtney Vandersloot, I have been watching her since she was at Gonzaga. She is when she's playing her best basketball, she's a star point guard, right? I think most of the time we get um, we take her for granted because you know what I mean. Her, she's and I saw this somebody said it on Twitter, and I'm so sorry I can't remember who it was to cite, um, but I totally agreed with this sentiment that because she's normally on a team full of players whose games are just louder than hers in terms of especially scoring the basketball, she gets overlooked a lot, even though, you know, she's breaking assist records, she's doing this, she's doing that. It's hard to really um, quantify her impact unless you really take a minute and, and look at the games like she had today, where she is the determining factor to me of whether yeah. or not they win that game. She hits some huge threes, uh, from the parking lot, a couple of them, uh, you know, she had some, yeah, she she had that range. Folks forgot she, you know, she might be a little streaky, but she can hit that thing if you give her space and time. This podcast on Black Rosie Media is presented to you by 
Bounceless Control Sports Bra. Now, I am a former Division I athlete, and as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little bit wider. And it's been difficult for me to return to the activities that I enjoy and the activities that I'm used to being a Division I athlete because I don't have good control. And that's where the Bounceless Control Sports Bra comes in handy. You can enjoy a bounceless experience while you run, jump, dance, go horseback riding, everything from doing my favorite exercises to being able to run full speed to my gate while traveling for Black Rosie Media. I've done it in the Bounceless Control Sports Bra and I will be stocking up for sure. It's been a joy for me as a former athlete to get more active, and that's all because of the Bounceless Control Sports Bra. For our listeners and readers over at Black Rosie Media, you can use promo code BRM, stands for Black Rosie Media, and you will get 15% off your first purchase when you go to bounceless.com and pick up your Bounceless Control Sports Bra. Um, and she it. had some situations in the offense where you expect New York to come down and, and prioritize getting the ball to Stewie, getting the ball to, you know, Marine uh, when she got a lot of minutes, which claps for her because loved what she did today. Um, but there were moments where she came down and decided, you know what, I'm going to take it right off the cuff. I'm not going to wait for us to, to, you know, set into our offense. She blew by a couple of defenders one-on-one and she can do things like that. People forget uh, because she's surrounded by so much talent, I think. So Courtney Vandersloot, Hats off to you coming home to Chicago, Chi-Town, and, and putting on. Yeah, it was fantastic to watch. And I will never tire of saying that I have wanted the New York Liberty to have a veteran guard for the longest time. I mean, I have asked Suberd an unhealthy amount of times how close she really was to coming to New York before the Seattle storm eventually ended up uh, winning the lottery and getting Stewie. Like I I'm like, wait, can you just, just, just run that back for me one more time? Just like, how close were we like bags packed, you know, like what, what were we doing? Um, because that, I mean, Sue bird is just a game changer of, of a floor general. And I love that you mentioned that Courtney Vandersloot often overlooked because to be honest, Outside of Subert, um, who could be a better fit for this New York team to help usher in? See, I think there's a hybrid thing happening with Courtney Vandersloot. She's able to control the ball. That gives Sabrina Ionescu, well, in this case, she didn't even have to suit up. But it gives her time and space away from the ball where she's not having to run the offense. And I do think that Sabrina's best game is when she's off the ball. I think it's always been that. However, Sabrina is, she is hell bent and she's got whatever you want to call it, the Mamba mentality or whatever. Like she is going to put her team in a position to win. And that if that means that she's the one who has to have the ball in her hands, she can do that. But what it also does, and I think maybe the underrated thing that it does is that it alleviates pressure from Maureen Johannes having to, as soon as she got with the team having to have the ball in her hand and to the point where now, even in this game, in the game against Connecticut, as she's getting more minutes, which so many of her fans who listen to got to get up. Hello. Hello. All of our um, French speaking fans. Um, 
that, that so many people want her to have more minutes. I'm oh, I've always been with Marine having more minutes. I I don't think up until the last handful of games I was comfortable with her having the ball in her hands more. I think she needed more time. It's still not perfect, but again, when she can see how effortlessly Courtney Vandersloot they broke down this play where at one point Sluti she told uh was it Stewie to like slash and to cut down and then she also told jocelyn willoughby no you come here and as literally the defense can see all of this um and andrea carter did a great job breaking it down but so drea was like listen look at this and and she's pointing out and directing traffic the whole defense could see her pointing and and you know doing all that and they still couldn't stop it because Courtney Vandersloot had the court vision and knew what she had anticipated how Chicago was going to navigate when she instructed her team and that led to points not for Stewie but for Willoughby so she's showing her team that she has confidence in them. She's a true floor general. And those are the kinds of things that I do think Sabrina can do. She does it a little differently than, than um, Sluti, but that's what Marine's next evolution has to be. Being able to synthesize what you're seeing and immediately communicate that, that's where Marine Johannes has to go. And she's learning. She got a master class in being able to watch her teammate. Overall, Chicago, they needed to win this to get in to the playoffs they still need to get at least one win um, to make the playoffs and they know that they had this game in their hands Brian and they just couldn't come up with it um, you know I know you and I were in the post game press conference and I think again New York knew that this was a Chicago team that really threw some things at them but at the end of the day they talked a lot about the trust that they had built in and instilled over time. All of this is, these were, this wasn't in a vacuum, right? All of this was building blocks, Brian, and all of the things that we've been talking about throughout the season. Um, and was this their most complete game? I don't know, but it, it looked and felt pretty good. What were your takeaways? Like to, to the point about the building blocks after Friday's game, we asked Benajia Lady about that because she's been with the franchise as they've sort of come back from the Westchester 2018-2019 run and then bubble 2020. So she's seen the team consistently build and build and build and build and build. And to, like to your point, they've built, they've knocked off so many accomplishments this year. Most ones in franchise history, commission cup home court advantage and the first time in a long time to get as many accomplishments together and as it feels like they're getting even better from where it happened at various points like if if this team right now with UNESCO played the version of the team that was in even mid-June this version probably wins by 18 going away so we've seen this team consistently stack up and get better and better and better so being able to establish that chemistry early on, I think that's where a lot of the heavy minutes came into play because it's like, okay, I got to get this right first because if I don't get this right, if it, if we're deep in the season and I got to ride my starters all the way through for 35 to make sure they're they're really dialed in. So now that they've done that, we, we, we can see the bench make these big games. MJ was excellent on Friday night. Someone that I thought was amazing today was Jocelyn Willoughby. Like, I was so impressed with Jocelyn. Like, she, she came in, hit a couple threes, 
and there was like one really hilarious play where she dribbled a ball up the court and i think the sky completely forgot about her and then she's like oh wow no one's guarding me let me just keep dribbling oh wait still nobody guarded me i got a layup why not right that's two points for me and also what what really impressed me too is that she her which is the first time she's done that since the game against Atlanta on the 27th. So having the trust of like having Sandy's trust and being able to sort of be able to contribute in a big way at a moment's notice, even when you're not in the main and in, in the top eight of the rotation is being able to just, just get up, get in the game, contribute and make good hustle plays, smart plays, I think really speaks to her dedication, her professionalism and like her connectivity with the team, just being able, able to chip in at a moment's notice and really do all the I think I think dirty work but also just like all the hustle and energy that this team needs and be and be able to sort of like continue with what the starters is doing I think it's so valuable for her and I think it speaks to the the, the sort of like culture and community that the Liberty have built with each other they know that everyone's going to be locked in there's no there's no drop off from first player in the rotation to the last player in the rotation. Everyone's pushing in that same direction. And I think especially yeah. in the playoffs when things get really tight and pressure just mounts and just like, it's like a pressure grip on your shoulders every second from the beginning of the game to the end, just having everyone on the team be able to adjust and be prepared to, to sort of pick up at a much notice, I think is so valuable and i think it speaks to all the dedication of the players and what they and and the goals that they have to really give that great fight and really represent in, in a strong fashion yeah you said so many great things about jocelyn willoughby someone who i was a little bit fearful just because she has dealt with so many injuries and i was hoping that the new york liberty would keep her around and really give her a chance and i like that she's getting some time to work under Sandy Brondello and she does have that confidence. I mean, even just today, Sandy basically made it evidently clear that she has all the confidence in the world in Jocelyn. Her number is called. She steps up to the plate and is, you know, going to knock it out the park. This is basketball, but I just was going to go with the extended baseball metaphor. Um <laughs> So, but, um, you know, I think that's critical. And Misha, I want to kick this over to you because we talked about Washington having to dog out so many injuries, having to rely on seven-day contract folks, emergency hardship contract folks, people in and out of the lineup, um, and they still are fighting. What can you tell Liberty fans about the importance of being able to get Jocelyn Willoughby's confidence up. I think the next person they'll have to get their confidence back is probably Niara Sabali. But, you know, what is the the value in doing that now while you still can before you hit the postseason? Well, because, and I think, you know, it proves to be true every postseason. Teams that make championship runs get huge com contributions from bench players and from role players. If you do not have that, it's just not sustainable. Making a run all the way as deep as the Liberty want to make it to the championship, it's just not sustainable when you can only count on five, six people. Um, and so getting Niara and getting, I would say even, you know, Steph Dolson, who to me is is kind of tweener, tweener on, on vet status, but her coming back and feeling, you know, like herself again, those are, those are huge, huge, huge pieces for the Liberty. Um, and the deeper they are, the better. The more you can get a Jocelyn Willoughby, the more you can get a Niara Sabli, a Marine Johannes, 
um, to understand execution in certain situations, to not have to, like we just talked about, give the ball to Sloot every time, give the ball to SI every time, um, run everything through Stewie. Like that just gives you options. Um, and in a league where, you know, this is the first season with a, with an extended season, teams have more opportunities to scout you, to figure out what your tendencies are, to figure out, you know, how you get buckets, you know, what your defense looks like. And what that comes with is it makes it harder for your stars to, you know, to contribute and to produce the way that they're used to producing. And there are going to be nights where Stewie, you know, has 15 points, which doesn't sound that bad to, to us regular folk. But for Stewie, you know, she's we're used to seeing her drop 30. We're used to seeing her be uh, the leading scorer for a team like the Liberty. And so having opportunities to get other players minutes is huge, huge, huge down the stretch. You want to be able to execute, run all your stuff the way you run your stuff and make the exact same reads um, and to be, you know, fully locked into the other team's game plan as well. I think you just alluded to it talking about Maureen Johannes. If she's going to be a floor general, it's not about just making one read. It's about reading the entirety of the defense and understanding the next play or the next step or the next move. Um, and that's something that changes from team to team as well, because teams are going to play the Liberty uh, differently depending on what their strengths are. So it's huge, huge, huge to get players minutes in this stretch. And I love that you also mentioned role players because the Washington Mystics went up against a role player extraordinaire tonight in Dierica Hamby. No Naka Ogumake. Who yeah. does Kurt Miller call? Dierica Hamby. Multiple time over six player of the year. I mean, has been most improved and in conversations, you know, def just solid defensively for first San Antonio and then what became the Aces and, you know, had a little, there was a little drama to start the season, but Dierica showing, and you also talked about veterans and like Steph Dolson maybe being like a baby vet. I think yeah. Dierica can be, people forget how long she's been in the league because she's been that role player. But I mean, if there's a top, if there's a top list of role players, you gotta think Hamby's at the top of that list. I think AC, um, you know, Alicia Clark is for me, especially on the defensive side, is at the top of that list. But then you also, I mean, you have other players that have been able to get it done for Washington and have had to. I mean, you think of what we have seen, you know, from from Slim. Like it's been yeah. a great season. Great. She has season. been. She has been the Mystics. Uh, she without her the Mystics might not be in, in playoff contention. To be to be completely honest with you, um, she has stepped up from, you know, role player extraordinaire to defensive stopper to two-way menace um, and has absolutely embraced that role. Uh, I've been so glad to see it. But, yeah, I just think that, you know, this, this, this Mystics team, um, the injury bug, you know, the injury bug, Shakira and Ariel Atkins, both – didn't play this game. Uh, Arrow with that nasal fracture saw her take a, a wicked uh, elbow, I think it was, to the face in their last matchup. And then Kira re-aggravating that hip uh, that kept her out for for you know majority of the season to this point. So yeah, the Mystics are. It's it's hard, you know what I mean. It's hard when you have that kind of morale uh, situation as well because having players out, folks, it's not fun. And when you see a player go down like Chrissy Tolliver went down today with you know, the non-contact knee injury at half court. I mean, that's, 
everybody who watched it saw the whole team was crying. Brittany Sykes had to run into the tunnel to compose herself. Like as an athlete, as a teammate specifically, when you, you know, when you watch somebody battle back from injury and as somebody who battled back from an Achilles, from a shoulder, like that stuff is not, not easy to do. Um, and to get out there and, uh, you know, hit a three and then go down in the place where you used to play and brought a championship to it's, it's really, um, it's tough, not only for Christy, but for the whole team. And my only hope for this squad is just that, is that, you know, we continue to see the resilience. We continue to see the toughness that we've seen this entire season. But folks, everybody's human. And, you know, this is this is one of those situations where, you know, I, I even have my mom text me. She texts me in the middle of the game. She's like, wow, Tolliver, too. Like, you know, so it's it's one of those things um, that, you know, you just got to fight through. You got to deal with. Um, and make lemonade out of lemons. Uh, some sour lemons. Them lemons are sour. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. I mean, but things a little sweeter, Brian, for the LA Sparks. I mean, we mentioned mm -hmm. D.R. Camby. They were without Neko Ugumake, really trying to make a push of their own. And with Chicago losing to New York, Brian, now the Sparks – uh, we're able to slide into that eight spot. So things getting really dicey for Chicago, but, you know, LA not out of the woods and, you know, now they're coming for the mystics next, but, you know, when we look at the teams, we should also say, and I'll come to you, Brian, for, for your thoughts on the field, but we now know that um, Dallas had a chance at the four spot, but that pesky Indiana team will not yeah. relent, will not go away. They keep them from clinching the four spot outright. Um, but Minnesota also did clinch a spot. That leaves Atlanta, Washington, L.A., and Chicago. Those are the four teams vying for the last three spots at six, seven, and eight. What are your thoughts here? Right now in, in the win column, the only team is the Sparks. Um, but, Brian, who's the team you think to beat in this in this bunch of four? Um, I think – if, if there was a preference for the liberty of teams to face, I'd probably say Atlanta. Because when I was talking about it with a friend of mine after Friday's game, the liberty is so much bigger than the dream. Like Atlanta, their big rotation is just Cheyenne, Parker, and players that Tanisha Wright really doesn't get in the court that much. And I think also for the liberty, in their three wins against Atlanta, they just boat raced them every time. Like the two games in Atlanta, they just muscled them in the paint consistently they just outran the dream from three-point range like they'd be there was a that i feel like i'm i feel like i'm hard on atlanta because there was one play in that liberty game it was like down 20 late and then they're just going through the motions meanwhile marina is, is playing full effort and then she gets an easy corner through because she just like did a little sprint to the corner while the team was just like oh wow they're still running and it's like stuff like that i'm like guys it's down 20 but still like, there's still something to learn here. So I've been down on them in that regard. And I think also just the way that Quietus has kept the Liberty have done a great job defending Ryan Howard in her career so far. Like, I, I looked at it I looked it up a while back, but I think she's above 40% from the field against them in, like, two out of eight games of her career. So the Liberty have done a great job of defending her, and the Liberty defense is even better than it was at the end of July. So that's going to be another big challenge for them. Alicia Gray has been dealing with injuries. Their point guard room has been a little bit iffy because Aaron McDonald was out for a while. Just a lot of different things coming together for Atlanta. And I think also just – I feel like JJ is JJ's been eating on the boards for since since the All Star break. Atlanta's the 
a little bit smaller team, and they sometimes tend to crumble late in games. So if it does get close late, if the Liberty, like, because, like, last Sunday, they were up eight with, like, maybe two minutes to go against Indiana, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, oh, no, we lost. So their late-game execution exploited. So I think for this Liberty team, there's a lot of great avenues for them to really just sort of, like, go to work on Atlanta, really play that tough physical style that they've been playing for the past month and change, and really be able to sort of dominate in a particular way. Washington, there's a part of me that I'm like, hey, I'll tell, I'll, Michelle, I was telling Erica last week, I'm like, I want to do it. I, I, I'm ready to, I am ready to jump on that Mystics, back, Mystics bandwagon, and I still am. Andrews Saladon is such a great player. Like, she's missed so much time, which is a shame because she's right on the door of another 50, 40, 90 season. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, every, it's, I feel like every time she gets the ball in the mid post, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like this is automatic. This is going in. So mm-hmm. I think for the Liberty, having to deal with that is not a good time that I would not want to deal with. And then you have Sykes and Cloud hounding people and just like chasing players off and down the court. I'm like, hey, if you can let Las Vegas have fun with that for a couple of games, let them <laughs> let them let them travel back and forth from Vegas to DC. Let Washington's guards chase Chelsea Kelsey Plum all over the court. Let them let them do that. And let the Liberty play somebody else for a while so you, so you don't have to deal with that. But I think ultimately for the Liberty, they, yeah, wear them out. Just, hey, wear them out for a little bit. And then if you see them in the finals, they may be tired again, but which means we ready to roll. We got some size. We got yeah. some players who are energized. Let's do this thing one more time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really interesting that you bring that up because if the season ended after tonight's results, it would be the New York Liberty in the two spot and you would have the Washington Mystics in that seven seed. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. I think um I think too though, to kind of continue that thought, um, as far as the Mystics go. Of course you you don't want to you don't want a series with uh with Vegas. You absolutely don't. You want to have either New York or Connecticut simply for travel reasons. You know what I mean? Simply for distance. Um but you know, my hope is looking at this this back end of the standings that the Mystics finish in 6 that they can clinch that 6 spot because I think their best chances are against Connecticut. Until we until we have uh, more certainty around injuries and who's going to be available, who's going to be at full strength. I think their best matchup is with the with the Sun because um, I think player for player um, and in terms of style of play, uh, they match up best with Connecticut. So, but yeah, I don't know. Ryan, go ahead and jump on the bandwagon though. We need we need more folks. We need praying hands. We need Sage. We need we need all that. All that, all that. That's hilarious. Yeah, we're we're gonna see how it all plays out. But, um, you know, also we're going to see these two teams play each other at least one more time uh, because they have a regular season matchup that will be coming up. The New York Liberty just have three games left. Now they're going to be playing Dallas. Brian, you alluded to that. They'll also play Washington. And um, who am I missing? Oh, the Sparks. So we're going to play Dallas, L.A., and then close out with the Mystics. So, these are all teams that have a really good chance of being playoff teams. We know Dallas is in regardless. Again, the Sparks are getting a little scrappy and sparky them, you know, late in. And now that they've got 
some of their players back. So, uh, and for all the reasons that we've already mentioned, you don't want to doubt the Mystics, who will also take on Atlanta. So Atlanta is going to see, they'll have Seattle and uh, the Washington Mystics, as well as the Dallas Wings. So Atlanta, who can be a little bit wishy-washy at times, they got to be careful with uh, who they see down the stretch. And um, we close out the season. The last regular season game will be the Sparks uh, and the Storm. That will be on Sunday, September 10th, as has been the case for several years. All of the teams will play on Sunday, September 10th, everyone playing on the last game of the season. That's just to make sure that no one's throwing games or whatnot. So a lot of people also ask why are they basically stacked on top of each other. That's because the league wants everyone to play the games out because, you know, we're not, we not going to be um, – you know, no, we're, we're around here. No, exactly. We're not doing that. We are not throwing games for Caitlin Clark in these streets. Not on the last day, anyway. Um, so we'll see what happens. But that will do for this uh, roundtable here. Another episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. But because so many fates are tied to how the standings end, we had to bring on Misha Jones, our Washington Mystics expert, though, as you can tell, is much, much more than just that. And of course, we've got Brian Florentin, who's holding it down from the planet of Brooklyn. <laughs> we love it. We love having Brian on every week. But uh, we know that this is a long holiday for some people. Um, and so we hope that everyone is enjoying their time away. Hopefully, just soaking up good vibes before we get into the final push of the season. But for Misha Jones and Brian Florentin, once again, Erica L. Ayala, your founder of Black Rosie Media, where Gotta Get Up lives. And we will catch you next week um, for another episode of Gotta Get Up and some WNBA talk. Have a good night, folks. Peace out. <laughs>